Welcome to the Word Talking Movies 2020 Academy Awards episode. On this episode, Johnny and Eddie give their picks on who they think will be taking home the Oscar. Will Johnny and Eddie agree on any of their picks? All will be revealed. We invite you to grab some popcorn and your favorite beverage, take a seat, and put up your feet, because we're talking movies. Welcome back. I'm Johnny Popcorn. And I'm Eddie Klieg, and we're talking movies. Well, folks, we're going to do something a little different here. Well, it's different for us because it's the end of the first season, and, and we obviously didn't have a chance to do this last year. We're going to take a, uh, shall we say, like a fly, trying to predict the upcoming Oscar winners. We're going to take some major categories. We're not going to drag this out too much. And we're doing this so that you know that... Uh, we didn't do this after the fact. This happens to be Super Bowl Sunday. So we were just sitting here off mic talking about Kansas City and San Francisco. And as you well know, I was in the Bay Area for some years. So I'm kind of interested in that ball game. It should be well. It should be a good one. So we're trying to get this thing recorded, bring some stuff to you, and then we'll watch some football. So let's get going, Eddie. Where are we going today? Well, Johnny, we're going to the Oscars. Ah, yes. And I'm very excited because I believe we said in a, a, a previous episode that whoever wins has to buy the other one their movie ticket for the next time we go to the movies. Yeah, right? absolutely. absolutely. And you it's get the popcorn. We'll even throw the popcorn in your what drink or whatever else you want. Yeah, yeah. So. Peanut M&Ms. Okay. So that's where we're going. We're going to the Oscars. Exciting times. And, and like you said, this is the first time that we're going to do this. But... Yeah. As long as we click in for the next years to come, whatever, we're going to do this each time. So. Yeah, yeah, we'll get better at this, and we will we will definitely plan this. I mean, this kind of creeps up. We have other things going on. And Eddie and I have not made uh, choices together. Uh, there may be some consensus, and there may be some controversy, but we're going to go through the major. We're just going to go through the, the primary ones. As much as I'd love to get into some of the secondary, we're not going to have time to do all that on this broadcast, podcast, I should say. So uh, let's get it started. I think we're going to start at the at the bottom of our list. We're going to go with the ladies first at the bottom. Yeah, supporting actress. Okay. So and you, by the bottom, he means the bottom of the our bottom paper. Bottom of our, our list, yes. <laughs> not by the bottom of the, of the movies. movies. <laughs> we're, we're not making that determination. So we got uh, five ladies that are up for supporting actress. Yeah, we have uh, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell. That one was directed by, who's that? Oh, Harrison, not Harrison Ford. <laughs> no, they, oh, that, that other old guy. Good. That other old guy. <laughs> Clint Eastwood. Oh, geez. Um, Lauren Dern for The Marriage Story. Scarlett Johansson or The Black Widow. Yeah, I uh, knew you were going to say, I knew that was going to be in there. <laughs> Jojo Rabbit. Florence Pugh. Pugh from Little Woman and... Margot Robbie from Bombshell. Yeah, Margot keeps popping up all over the place, doesn't she? Yeah. Yeah, she's in a lot of in a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. uh, it, she's in the uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that we'll be talking about mm -hmm. a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and she was excellent as uh, Sharon Tate. But I digress. Yeah. I'm going to go with Scarlett Johansson just because she's a superhero. <laughs> Well, I know we, we we did a little bit of looking around, and you know <laughs> the Golden Globes always come before this, and a lot of people are liking Laura Dern, but I tell you, I'm kind of with you on the Scarlett Johansson. 
not because of the movie Jojo Rabbit, but because she's up for actress for Marriage Story. And I got to believe she's done enough work, interesting work, and she's also done The Black Widow. She's been in that genre, too. But this gives the Academy a chance to maybe reward her for some performances maybe that were overlooked in the past. And maybe she may actually be stronger in Marriage Story because she's one of the leads. But this gives them a chance to reward her. Not that Laura Dern is undeserving. or And Kathy Bates is kind of a, I hate to say kind of a comeback, but, you know, she was in a lot of films, and then you hadn't seen her much lately. I hadn't seen her much lately, and then she pops back up here. So I'm going to stay with you on that one. This is a consensus one. I think they're going to sneak in her in the supporting actress category. So I'm going to go with Scarlett on that one, too. Yeah, she's also up for actress. Yeah. So and I, and that's for the marriage story. Right. Um, I think it's it's cool. Now, I, I don't know anything about her other films other than superhero films, except... Lucy was Lucy. That she played Lucy. Yep, that's uh, an interesting film. She was film. also in The Prestige. Oh yes, she with, was with um, mm -hmm. Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, mm -hmm. which is a really good movie. Yeah. I don't think we've ever talked about that movie before, but um, so yeah, it's interesting that she has actually two nominations going into this. But yeah, Scarlett Johansson. We actually agree with each other. So yeah, and I and, and I explain why I think it's going to be in the supporting actress and. This is always tough. I mean, look, let's go back to what, uh, you know, we've talked before about George C. Scott and other people who don't like this competition. It's good for, for us and other moviegoers who like that. gives us some, uh, the old barroom conversation, I guess is what you'd say. It's very difficult to judge people when you're in a different role. I mean, you know, how do you put this movie, which it, their performance is great. The movie's kind of weak, but she was the best thing in it or whatever. We have that. We were thinking about all this, the movies that we've seen her in, and one that obviously came to mind was uh, Sofia Coppola's film that got her quite a bit of attention when uh, Scarlett uh, lost in translation when she appeared when Scarlett is with Bill Murray. I've always liked her. I go back even to the Horse Whisperer. Here's one. I don't know if you ever saw that when the old Robert Redford, um, it's based on a real guy, and she was injured, and the horse is part of her rehabilitation on this ranch out in the West, and she was in that, and she was young, I don't know, 16, 17, when she played that uh, girl. Got hit. She got hit by a cement truck while she's on her horse, broke wow. her leg badly and traumatized her, and they used the horse's to get her back in shape. It's a pretty good film with Robert Redford playing this real-life guy who does Whisper to Horses, trains. Uh, and that's when I first remember, and she's done good work. I mean, so I think she's deserving of some kind of recognition. That's why we put her there. Okay, so let's go to the the guys who do the supporting on her this year. Isn't it odd that Tom Hanks would be up for a supporting actor for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Yeah, that's really interesting. It's like, well, they, it's one of two ways to look at this. I know the the guy, and I, his name escapes me because I don't have those those notes on that film right in front of me. It's the reporter that's the kind of the locus of the story, the center part of the story. So Mr. Rogers is a sec, 
oh, prominent secondary figure. And besides, with all these other top films coming, if you wanted to really recognize Hanks, where are you going to stick him? Who are you going to pull off the uh, best actor list? There's some pretty strong stuff going on here. I mean, what, Adam Driver? You, who is, you know, some people would say, who is he? I know Tom Hanks. Maybe he should be in there. But I got to think that's the thinking on this. Just, uh, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's my, what yeah, I would think. Now that I think about it from watching previews, it, it does seem to be like it's from the reporter's mm. He kind of proves him wrong type of thing. You right. Know, one of those kind of things. So, okay, so I guess that makes sense. So Tom Hanks, okay. Anthony Hopkins, The Two Popes, which I did not see. You saw yeah, that I one. I saw that one. And he and Price, now Price is up for Best Actor, and we'll talk about that. Go ahead. Al Pacino and Joe Pesci both for The Irishman, which I saw. And you know what usually happens when that happens in a category Neither of them win. Yeah, they <laughs> cancel each other out. Somebody said, I really like Pesci. You know, no, oh, Pacino, well, he's been around forever. Uh, but From watching that movie, mm -hmm. I would say Joe Pesci. Well, he's kind of the key, he's kind of the key guy. He's, he's coordinating everything, right? It's odd to see him in a movie where he's not a goofball. Yeah, even even in Goodfellas or whatever, he, you know, this is very serious. He's... I liked him in it. But yeah. now I saw that the other person is Brad Pitt, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I did see that movie too. I'm actually probably going to lean that way, but go ahead. You wanted to say more? Well, here we go. Um, I already said about Pacino and Pesci, they're probably going to cancel each other out. And I like, you know, we've said here, if De Niro and Pacino, either one of them wants to call in, wants to be interviewed, wants to be a guest on the program, it's open, guys. It's open. Because I just watched another film with uh, Pacino and Christopher Walken. Oh, I can't. And the title skips me where he gets out of prison and Walken is supposed to kill him because of this gangster that owns both of them, basically. And uh, Pacino spent time in prison. I just love watching them. And they had two old pros together. you know. So they're going to cancel. Tom Hanks, I mean, we already... Did a show. We've done a. We're doing show on uh, Hanks for the upcoming season. I mean, his work speaks for itself. Anthony Hopkins is very good as the Pope, one of the two popes with Jonathan Price. He plays uh, Pope Benedict. The yeah, one that Pope Benedict, Benedict the, the one, one that, that retired. Retired, and Francis is played by Jonathan Price. Now I'm with you on this too, Brad Pitt in a Tarantino film, and everybody wants to at some time be in a Tarantino film. Now, he's been, he was in Inglorious Bastards, as right. I recall. Right, But Brad Pitt, starting out, we talked about him in uh, Thelma and Louise when he was a bad guy. Then he was in River Runs Through It. In his early films, he was a kind of a, God, he's a pretty guy. And in Legends of the Fall, I loved him in that one. As he's gotten older, and this happens so much, you forget about that youthful, and now he's getting into parts that where he can be weary and broken down or <laughs> cast out you know when you get a little gray around you a movie that puts him where he's not just a pretty boy and where people think of him as a pretty boy and that's a sad thing to say because there are some pretty good looking guys and you hate to say my good looks shouldn't count against me but I've always liked Brad Pitt in his yeah. movies I've always liked his film and I think he is about to get rewarded that's my point. Yeah, I think it's about time. It, yeah. 
He's in all three of the Ocean movies, Ocean yep. 11, 12, 13. And he's so cool in it. I mean, he's always eating. That was the one thing I liked. He's always eating something in that. Those <laughs> films. Uh, but I think he's going to get – he's in a Tarantino film. He got great reviews, he and Leonardo both. And, you know, he could have been the top actor, but Leonardo is probably the more recognized, at least for his work. And that's not – necessarily my call on the thing that's what the industry's basically said from from my point of view i god we're agreeing this is not is this good is this i actually saw the movie and yeah. it, it, it it follows two different tracks right mm-hmm. and there's at the very end they kind of crisscross mm-hmm. but during it the only thing that kind of latched the two different tracks was brad pitt I can't say anything more yeah, because right. it'll totally give it away. Right. Uh, I loved the movie, actually, which I was shocked because I normally don't like Tarantino, Tarantino movies. Films. Yeah, there was some of the blood and stuff. Mm-hmm. that That's at one point, but most of it was actually not real bad at all. I actually right. really liked it. So I, I definitely am I'm rooting for Brad. Well, be, because the relationship between the two guys is real. Right. Buddies. I mean, they're stunt man and an actor and, you know. Exactly. And, and he... And again, I'm I'm not a big fan of Tarantino films. I've seen several, and then I after the word word I say, well, yeah. I mean, I like Pulp Fiction, and it's because of the characters and everything. But I just think Tarantino films um, just attract, and he's he is brilliant in his writing. Whether I agree with the substance or not, it works when his films come together. They work. I just don't like some of the twists he takes on historical things, but. So you and I are agreeing on Brad Pitt, so we got two for two here. This can't hold Jeez. out. This can't hold out. And, and the reason I wouldn't, I love Tom Hanks. Yeah. But oh, I, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm sitting here feeling bad that I'm not voting for Tom Hanks because I like him so bad. But, okay, so I'm, I'm going with Brad Pitt. This, I'm not changing this is my mind. what we talked about. Uh, well, I don't want to give anything away because we've recorded a couple of other episodes. Uh, we're taking a hiatus here to stick this one in. We, we want to get this one in. But we've done a couple others, and there are actresses and actors that because they are so good, they're always up there. And then it would be very boring if they kept winning it week after week or year after year because their performances are good, but the movies, you know, and and some actors, you know, I took the job. I wanted to act, and I took a little, you know, I, I wanted to help this independent filmmaker in the, or whatever, and the film wasn't all that great. My performance was good, but so right. then it gets overlooked. So that's always that's why this judging of people in their performances is very, very difficult. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so let's move on to uh, well, let's do the ladies first, I guess, huh? Yep. Actresses. Yep. Yep. Best actress. You want me to list them? Yeah, you can go ahead. Okay. Cynthia. Erivo. Erivo from Harriet. Mm-hmm. Scarlett Johansson from The Marriage Story. Source. I think it's Source. We've been down this road. I, I've seen her in so many things, and I Sor- someday I'll get it right, but I think it's Source. Source Ronan, mm-hmm. Little Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlize Theron in Bombshell. Oh, I just realized what Bombshell is. That's the Fox That's News That's the Fox movie. News one, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm, sure. And then uh, Renee Zellweger in... Judy. Judy, which... I haven't seen the movie, but just looking at the previews, she seems to hit that character pretty good. Yeah, and I think um, 
Yeah, I'm, uh, let me. T- I'll, I'll lead it. I see. There's only two in here that's going to win. Now, I love Charlize, and the, and it's a very important. It's an. I guess you could say, uh, newsworthy f- film because of dealing with the harassment and the Fox News thing. With and Margo was already nominated. Source of Ronan. It's a very good interpretation of Little Women. It's like the fourth direct film or fifth uh, iteration on film. Masterpiece Theater just did one a year ago, and I was even saying, how many times do they have to keep doing this? But this one was directed by a woman, and it's gotten great reviews. And I got personal testimony just the other day from a woman whose husband, you know, she took him to the movies. He didn't. (laughs) <laughs> this is what I found in. He had never heard of Little Women. He had never read the book. He had never even heard. I, I don't know where, what planet he was on or whatever, but he didn't know that about it. And he liked it. Really? And his wife said, it's not the kind of, you know, he went and did that, okay, I'll take you to the movie type of thing. And he comes out raving about it. So this is testimony from a guy who doesn't really like women films, and it's, but it's, it's, it's well done. And so he went kicking and screaming, and then he yeah, went. he loved it. That I'll happens. tell you, there is one thing that happens uh, with Mrs. Kleeg and I. Yes. Normally, when she picks the movie, we've walked out halfway through it. <laughs> That's happened <laughs> oh, <wow>. like three times. <laughs> I'm sure there's a good one in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so. I th- I'm of two minds here. I think the only two that are going to be really contended is Cynthia Revo for Harriet because Hollywood, one, it's a, it's obviously it's about the issue of slavery, and Harriet Tubman is a real person, and she plays her with, well, even some of the reviews said she's the best thing in it. There are some weak spots in the script, mm. and they t- maybe tweaked a few things to make it look a little different. And Renee, who was, when was the last time you saw Renee Zellweger in a movie? Been a while, hasn't it? At least anything that was Chicago. I mean, uh, yeah, it's been a while. It's a long way from from Jerry Maguire, and a long way from uh, the English uh, girl Bridget Jones' Diary. Oh yeah, two, the, she was very good in it. So it's kind of a comeback. And we got Judy Garland. Now Judy Garland is. Unfortunately, a very tragic yeah. person in Hollywood lore, but also a very, very revered, particularly by many people. So I would think it's between the two of them. Now, with all the political surroundings of this, and I hate to bring this up, but there's a lot of politics and you know reasons that people place these votes. I, I'd flip a coin because it's going to be either Cynthia or it's going to be Renee in my version. And it's a matter of, uh, I'm going to say the Harriet is going to win. You're going with Harriet. And I'm going to go with Cynthia. Okay. I'm going with the superhero, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson again. Woo, you're, she gonna have a, you're going to be a double winner this time? You think she's going to take two home? I mean, it's kind of crazy. I mean, she's in those two categories. She has two pictures of hers are in Best Picture. Yeah. I'm just going with them, closing my eyes and jumping. Well, it would be something to win 
bang, bang on the same night. I mean, whoa. That would, has that ever happened? We may have to go to the Wayback Machine. I don't think that has ever happened. No. And that's why usually if somebody's, when they're voting, it says, well, I liked her in this one, but I think because somebody else is in that category, I can feel comfortable voting for Charlotte. That's what's my point. Right. They can make comfort. But, hey, that'd be, you're on a, you're on a, that could be good. That could be historic. Historic pick from but, Eddie Klee. Yes, write that one down, folks. <laughs> now, to help help you with your, you know, either Cynthia or Renee, yep. Renee actually won for Judy at the Golden Globes. But I, I know it's some, it's not, it's a hard to be used that as a precursor because of the, again, politics. Well, well we, we did talk a little bit off, off mic about that. Does... There are some f- some choices that exactly follow the Golden Globe. It's been a story, and they, they tend to have a pretty good record of that. And others are way, way off because the foreign press has a different criteria and some, I, I believe, somewhat tweaked. The foreign press does the Golden Globes. Yep. Yeah, that's yep. what I thought. So, and they've, they've made uh, some other choices, and, but you're right. We're looking down at this list of the Golden Globes. They had Renee. So, but I'll stay with Cynthia. And you got Johansson. We'll see what we make history. So we'll see what happens. That takes us to the actor. Okay, so now we have best actor in the picture Um, Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, Mm -hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix in Joker, and Jonathan Price in The Two Popes. Yeah. Jonathan is very good in The Two Popes. And again, that is a Netflix thing. Uh, again, we've got this mixture. Now you, these are they start putting these films in that were produced by, you know, not your standard companies anymore. So I'll let you go first on this one. Who you down through here? Okay. I saw two of these movies. Mm-hmm. I saw Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, the entire movie was about the Joker. So Joaquin Phoenix, Mm -hmm. his whole role was from start to finish. He was in every single scene. Uh, He goes on this crazy roller coaster. Yep. um, Ending up being the Joker that we all know. (laughs) Um, At the same time, I remember thinking while I was watching Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that I was impressed on Leonardo's acting. Um, he kind of plays a washed-up actor. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a lot of emotion. Um, it, it was funny. This one, well, it wasn't funny, but this one scene, he's in his cabin and he's freaking out, yelling at himself because he's a drunk and he couldn't remember his lines. And you know, he's going on and on. You, you're a drunk, da, da, da. Right. and then he stops. He takes a swig from the flask. And he goes, I told you, you dummy, why are you drinking? You know, it's, you know, it's, it's funny. But I'm going with Joaquin Phoenix because it made a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think, see, Leonardo has become a very good. When I go back and you remember him in Titanic and somebody's Gilbert Grape, he's a young, young guy starting out. Right. And I love, see, he and Pitt are going through that same thing. They get a little age on him. The facial features are changing. They look a little weathered, 
I use the term weathered, but this is as we all age. So they look like, plus they're bringing far more experience to the performance. And it's real. And they're playing interesting characters. Here's another spin on this. Leonardo won, what, two years ago for The Revenant? Right. He's already got it. He's been in some top films. I mean, I take nothing away from him. He's a terrific actor. And I've seen him in some films I didn't even like, and he was terrific in, like Wolf of Wall Street. I didn't like the film at all, but he was terrific. <laughs> so, See? you know. Uh, so so I, you're going to go political then? No, I think you're right. I think Joaquin is going to win. I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you why I think he's I, – I saw – I saw – I read an article in Vanity Fair. He had an interview. He doesn't, he was, he was kind of interesting dude because his family, his, his family's very interesting. They lived in South America. They were kind of itinerant hippies type of thing. Really? A whole, yeah. And of course, then he lost his brother. And he really came absorbed with this role. I mean, look at his, his he looks emaciated. He looks terrible. You know, he he sold himself out for this. He did like Hardy does for some of his films. Or like or what, Bale. Christian Bale, when he became Dick Cheney, put on 70 pounds. Then we see him in Ford and Ferrari, and he's back in his scrawny, now with a British accent again. So I think you're probably right, because Phoenix was, he did Johnny Cash, which I thought was a tremendous performance as another interesting person. I think the character is so unique so despicable so unworthy or whatever and he sold out for he it, pulled it out, yeah. I think you're right I think he's going to get it for those reasons as much as uh, and Banderas he's done some nice work Jonathan Price now I think it's the movie and like you say a successful film doesn't hurt you either right now some people say well, that's just it's, it's another blockbuster. I mean, anybody could be in that film. And it, no, right. that's not true. We know that. You put anybody else in that role. When I saw the trailer, I thought he was perfectly cast, but he scared the heck out of me when I first saw it. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kind of worried to see it, but actually it wasn't as bad as people made it seem, I don't think. Well, would you see Tom Hanks playing the Joker? Oh, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I mean, again... We've talked about this. Casting matters, and this was probably cast as perfectly as looking back at what's happened. So we're both it, going with Joaquin. For, I think it's interesting. Um, God, we're agreeing here. But. Leonardo DiCaprio wasn't even nominated for the Golden Globe. Mm -hmm. Christian Bale was, which from watching, we watched Ford vs. Ferrari before we recorded this episode. Right. And... Uh, I was impressed with Christian Bale. I love the guy. I I think he is. He he. he I just think he's terrific. Uh, so, and I like partner movies, which it was with Damon. It brings. I think when you have two good characters together, it really. I've always loved buddy movie, whatever you want to call it. But where they're, where they're in situations where it's intense. It's not just. What's the glorious adventure that Keanu Reeves is going to redo? Oh. The, Bill and Ted's. Bill and Ted's Great Adventures. You know, it's a buddy, you know, two guys or two women who are doing something of consequence or whatever in the conflict. I've always liked those kind of films. And at Ford and Ferrari, I just love the performances. And I think it, two fighters, they're like two fighters. When you, you're paired up with another actor who's extremely competent, you know, it just, 
okay, let's, let's get it Feed on. Feed off of That's it, yeah. why when you see Pacino or uh, uh, De Niro to get them together, you get these heavyweights together, uh, or a Tom Hardy with a Leonardo DiCaprio like in The Revenant. These are two powerful forces. Makes really makes the film come together or the stage play, whatever. Dark Knight Rises. Uh, oh, gosh. Christian Bale and Tom Hardy. Yeah, it's uh, or Morgan Freeman. You know, just having yeah. a guy like that, or Michael Caine having right. that. You're, you're appearing, and and there's a connection there because they've been years together. You know, and they care about each other, and yeah, you could just love watching it. So, well, I hate to say it, but we've agreed on some things here. I know. What's going on? That was Before we hit the yep. directing and best picture, let's right. take a little break for okay. a, a special announcement. Public service announcement? Something like that. <laughs> Hello, listeners. I just wanted to take a second to let you know that season two is finally right around the corner. As Johnny and I start the new season, we are excited to finally reveal a few things that we've been working on. Stay tuned for season two, episode one, which will be dropping very soon. And as always... Thank you for listening. So that brings us to uh, directing. So why don't you go ahead and read okay. that? Under the best directors situation here, category, we have The Irishman. That, of course, is Martin Scorsese. Joker, and that's Todd Phillips, 1917. That is... Uh, Sam Mendes, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that, of course, is Quentin Tarantino, and Parasite, which is by a guy, I think we just checked this out, Bon jo I don't want to say Bon Jovi. Bon Soon Ho. <laughs> bon Soon Ho, okay. Anyway, it's a foreign director. Um, so here we have five films that are for best director. Now, one of the things we, before we go far farther on this, or a little further, whichever way you want to look at it, Eddie and I had talked off mic again earlier, and it's always bugged me ever since I was a kid, and I used to stay up late on a school night, watch because we were in the Eastern time zone, um, with my mother watching the Oscars, uh, that sometimes the best picture didn't reward the best director and I've never understood they could have the best screenplay they could have some of the best actors they have the best film and the director gets left out of it it makes no sense if you think about it it does not the director is in charge of the whole kick and caboodle of the movie well I you know how I railed with Ridley Scott on uh, the kingdom of heaven the director's cut and to make it into the theaters they cut 22 minutes off you know they do this thing right. the vision of the director even if it's a bad film I want to see what you envisioned when you put this thing together and if you don't do it right it's going to be a lousy movie but that guy gets a, should get credit for it or blame if the thing turns out and we'll go back again to, remember the old story I said about Rudy, is that one of the words, if somebody doesn't want the finished product, their name on it, they use the term Alan Smithy, directed by. Right. That's that <laughs> anonymous, made-up name that you can tag onto it. But at least we would know that somebody didn't like what they came up with. But anyway, they, this is the way Hollywood chooses to do it, so we're kind of stuck with it for the time being. So, this is a little easier, I think. There's five here, Eddie. Which one do you want to 
put your money on, so to speak? Okay, so for me, this is not easy. How many of these movies did you see? Well, this is this is this has been tough for me. This this lab, my schedule has been kind of difficult. So, you're you're my guide on most of these here. I mean, I know what they're about. I've seen trailers. I've I've read things about them, and I have a feel for them. But I haven't what? observed all of them. And I hate to say that, but that's just the way it's worked out with the time crunch that we've been under. I, I've seen three of these, mm-hmm. and. I, uh, uh, it's about a time in Hollywood. He did really good. I'm gonna go with the Irish one. Oh, it is Scorsese. I mean, come on. I'm just thinking that, I mean, I mean, he had to direct some big names there. Um, it's a lot of scenes where there's aging, or, and most of the scene, most of the movie, um, both, um, um, Pacino uh, and yeah, De Niro, Pacino and De Niro are younger. Are, yeah, they're actually computer generated and younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, but that would be special effects. But just the, yeah. in whole, I'm gonna go with the Irishman. All right, not a bad pick. Uh, the thing is, that's almost like the Scorsese acting company because those guys, Pesci, De Niro, particularly De Niro, De Niro and Pesci are in a lot of Scorsese films. Uh, you go back to the Casino, uh, Casino, and some. Some of these others. Uh, I've watched a lot of his films. I like The Aviator, the one he did on Howard Hughes, which was DiCaprio. I thought was very good in that. Um, I really liked Baldwin when he played the the gentleman who owned Pan Am in that. He was terrific in that. But anyway. I've never seen that movie. Yeah, you should, Aviator, you should see it. Uh, it's, it's very well done. A lot of Scorsese movies, though, I, I, I criticize because of the language, even the language in this, because you've told me. Yeah. I'm going to see it. It's three and a half hours. The language is all Pacino. <laughs> but I think I think this one I think this one is going to be 1917. I'm picking Mendes on this, although the the one that's Hollywood loves, as we said this earlier, is Quentin Tarantino. This could be a sweep for him. He could win for directing. He could get Best Picture, and um, he also for screenplay, because and we're not even going to get into the screenplays today. But he did write original screenplays, and he's a master at it. Whether I agree with the substance or how it's put on film, he does a very good job at that. He has a very vivid imagination and his ability to put it on the page, which is what screenwriting's about. But I'm going to go with 1917, mainly because it's more of a feel for just kind of the era and the, what I, everything I've read. I've talked to people who've seen it uh, in the way it was filmed, uh, something keep the continuity going. So I'm going with 1917, and you're going with the Irishman. And it's probably going to be Once Upon a Time in Hollywood yeah. <laughs> or I, the Joker. Yeah. I, I but, will say that somewhere I read that this could possibly be his last movie. Who's who? Which Tarantino. One? Like he was going to. Take a break from it. Well, take a break. Yeah, remember I thought Joaquin Phoenix had retired. Remember there was some some talk about that a oh, couple yeah, of years ago. They kind of dropped off the grid or whatever. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know why I. Yeah, it's not. For it's some a, reason that jumps out. Yep. 
Okay, so you're going with 1917. I'm going with the Irishman. Yep. Now we get into the real muddy mess. Yeah. uh, Because every one of these has something to say for itself. But they're all different. Here we go. How do you compare this better than that? Because I like this subject better than that subject. And that's really why people choose to go to the movies. I've seen four of these. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll list them. Ford vs. Ferrari, The Irishman, Jojo Rabbit, Joker, Little Women, Marriage Story, 1917, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and Parasite. It's a lot of movies to uh, yeah, pick from. Yeah, and I, I already know what I was, I know why I was going to say what I was saying. I've already commented on it already. You probably know where I'm going with it. Yeah. But I'm going to go with the Joker. Cool. I was thinking a couple, I was keeping, I was thinking about a different one. Um, I'm going to go with the Joker. Just because, just because it's, it's, it's a good movie. But it's made a ton of money already too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I'll be telling you about that in a little bit. Yeah. But Okay, I'm going with Joker. Well, I'm going with Tarantino. I think Tarantino is going to get the best picture. I think that, again, we're back to how can you win the best picture and not be best director? Well, I think Menzies going to get it because of, of the unique thing they did, the subject matter. It Hollywood likes to award, again, this is somewhat political, likes to award substicks that now they like reflection on them themselves and once upon a time in Hollywood is looking at the old old style you know another look back at the good old days so to speak uh, right but I think because of the seriousness of 1917 and the, the political turmoil in the world blah 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 he's going to get the director they're not going to give it to Tarantino but they are going to give it I bet he gets best screenplay and he's probably going to get best picture because Hollywood likes him well we'll have to see yeah, that's why um, this is so fun. <laughs> yeah, only problem is is all of these are announced or during the Oscars, they're all at the end. So yeah, got to stay up through the whole thing. That's right? right. They hit the supporting actors right off the bat. The supporting actor, then they let you wangle <laughs> all the other rewards. Yeah, and, and 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 folks, this is something else because they have that extra dinner, you know, and that extra award show. They give all these. What like the technical oh, awards? Oh yeah, there's tons of them. And in today's movies, we're talking about kind of old school here. I mean, you got to do it with the directors and the actors and somebody. But somebody's got to run the camera. Somebody's got to hold the microphone. Somebody's got to deliver the sandwiches. You know, we talk about all that stuff. So all these other things and documentaries and costume design, set design, all that stuff, cinematography, it makes a big difference how a film is filmed. And actually deciding, if you go back and you look at some of these, when they lay out storyboards and camera shoots and so on, as you know, I've, I've tried to write a script. I've read the books on scripting. And when you're doing the interior, exterior, and, you just, and a lot of people don't want screenwriters telling the director anything about camera angles or where you're supposed to shoot it. So you're just supposed to write it on the page and let the director do their directing stuff. But when you see a well-done film, some of the great films, just 
the sunset, the setting, the background was perfect against these guys. I go back to when they did, uh, what was the one with Ryan Gosling, uh, the one in L.A.? slipping my mind right now. La La Land? La La Land. They're doing a couple of dance numbers. He and she are doing a couple of na- dance numbers. And you just see the background of L.A. laying out behind them. Right. You know, these kind of things, they stick with you. Or the sun, the beauty of the sunrise or the sunset or the ocean, the ship on the ocean. These kind of things really matter how it gets on the screen. So these other things are real important. And I have always loved cinematography. I want to pay attention to who does it and the screenwriting, as you well know. I would like to issue a challenge. Yes. Each of us pick one of the other categories. Oh, okay. And then we both vote on that category. All right. I'll go first because I already did it. All right. Visual effects. Avengers Endgame, The Irishman, The Lion King, 1917, and Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Well, there's yours is between one of two, I'm sure. You might be surprised. Oh, really? Okay going to go with Lion King? <laughs> I'm going with the Irishman. <laughs> oh, okay. What do you think? I know it's all on. You don't watch these kind of movies, but... Well, no, I know they're, big, you know, Star Wars. I mean, that's that's the what I call the movie magic. You know, I can... We can write, I could write something about two guys spending the entire evening in a bar, okay, and flashbacks right. to the, the what they're talking about in their life. That could be a, a pretty good, maybe a pretty good movie right but there's not going to be a lot of saber fights or or flying across the moon stuff i mean on the big screen right something like a star wars or avengers endgame with so much played in there makes a big difference but i'm not surprised with the irishman only because they go back in time and you have to have i was just thinking we watch ford and ferrari you look at the old mechanic signs that are along the track. Some of that stuff isn't sold. It doesn't exist anymore. I remember those names. I worked in a gas station with my, you know, my dad's gas station. That doesn't exist anymore. Right. So they have to get it right. The cars have to be, oh, where did they get 42 old old <laughs> Buicks, you know, sitting along the street? That's the, And that's even, that's from the prop department somewhere. But the visual effects, so... Why did you let me ask you why you would why you chose the Irishman? Because I, I believe that the flashbacks of an actor um, and you're, you're and they're up front. It, it's you know shoulder shot sometimes, uh-huh. and you can't tell. I couldn't tell. I mean, I knew there was visual effect. Yeah, sure. but it wasn't like oh well, that didn't look real. Yeah, up front. Now the other ones, of course, they're visual effects, but. Almost the whole movie is visual effect, right? Um, which you can get away with a lot of stuff when you got all that color on the screen and all that kind of stuff. Right. I just feel the Irishman is going to win that one. Well, I, I I'm actually glad to hear that because I know it's in an historical context, going back when they see the assassinate, you know, the moving through period of time, and I love films that do that. I really do, because um, that. It reminds me more of old school movie making, right. uh, you know, uh, and Scorsese loves, one thing you can never take away from Scorsese, he does love the film industry. I mean, he's a, I, 
Although he doesn't like uh, superhero movies. <laughs> no, well, he got himself. It was that was a to, stupid comment. He had to backtrack. He had to backtrack, and it was a stupid <laughs> comment for somebody who, who is spending a lot of time and energy preserving the history of film of this country, no right. matter what it is, it's important. So for him to make that comment, I don't know. Maybe he had. Somebody had teed him off in the morning, and he just didn't. Or they, he looked at the box office figures and said, "Why aren't my movies making that kind of money?" Uh, I don't know. That could be. So I don't know. I th- that's interesting. Since you said that, I would say it's got to have to be visual effects. Usually, I'd put into the Avengers or the Sky Skywalker because there's so many things involved. But uh, that'll be interesting to see who wins that one. So, which one are you picking? Oh, I was going to do 1917. Okay. Although there's other two, I explained why. But recreating war scenes without getting people killed is always, you know, how they do it is. That's amazing. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now you pick a category. Well, I'm. I would. Um, let's go with screenplay. Original or adapted? Let's do the original. Now you think I know where you're going? Do you know where I'm going on this one? Because, mm. but what would you t- have? You have those? Oh, you haven't seen a couple of those. I have seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and I have yeah. seen Knives Out. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yes. That's that's right. Tarantino gets this a lot. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Knives Out. Interesting. Good. And I'm Tarantino. I think of he's going to win that. I think he's not going to get, as I said, he's going to get best picture and best screenplay. They're not going to give him director. Okay, Which cool. shouldn't happen that way. Because I wrote it. I directed it. I don't know if he's got another credit on there. I think he's got the whole screenplay credit. I haven't checked that, but it's... Yeah, I'm sure. So uh, anyway, there we go. I'm just going to run real quick yep. through the best pictures, what they made, what they didn't make, or you know what... Mm-hmm. So Ford and Ferrari cost ninety-seven million, and it grossed two hundred and twenty million. Not bad. Irishman. Now here's the weird thing. Irishman is a Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. It cost one hundred and fifty-nine million. Most of it was probably to uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> the actors. <laughs> it grossed nine hundred and sixty-one thousand. It's a um, Netflix movie. There's no way to. It was only in the theaters for 15 days in in select theaters. It wasn't mass distributed. So 961,000. See, and I think, here we go again. It's all well and good that they have that. And you you have Netflix. I have Netflix. People didn't, not enough people see it. Right. If I make a movie, and I would think Scorsese would, that's why it didn't make any sense to be up against the blockbusters. They were in the theaters. Right. People actually put butts in the seat, as ja- Samuel L. Jackson would say. They put the butts in the seat and paid the $10 or $8 or whatever they're charging to make that figure. Right. And I think you want your film to be seen. You would think. Yeah. And how can it be? You, you can't, in, in, the, in the whole historical aspect of, you know, that's a blockbuster that made $1 billion. You, you can't judge it. You can't. No. It doesn't. Doesn't go together. So Jojo Rabbit was three million cost. It grows sixty-four million. So it did pretty good. Joker cost fifty-five million, and it made over a billion dollars. That ought to really tee off Scorsese. (laughs) Little Woman cost forty million. 
It grossed 163. Yeah, doing very well. Marriage Story is the same as Irishman. It's a Netflix movie. Yeah. Cost 18 million. It grossed 323,000. Again. Yeah. How do you how do you do that? 1917 cost 100 million and it grossed 249 million. Got two more to go. Uh, it cost 90 million for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It grossed 389 million. And then finally, Parasite cost 20 million. I've never seen the movie. But, yeah. Uh, and it grossed 163 million. So. That's so bad. The, however, Netflix does their content, but. I mean, they, they, make, they can track how many view. They don't announce any of that. Yeah, I know. They don't announce how many people watch this or watch that, even though they could. So that is Best Pictures, cost and gross. That's good. That's good. Well, the Joker, I think, proved himself. There's no joke. There's no, <laughs> no joke. joke. There's no joke on that one. I hope he got a percentage. I, I don't know what his contract said, but Joaquin, to, to put on that performance and look so kind of emaciated uh, and twisted, I hope he got paid for it. Yeah, I mean, if he got part of the oh wow, yeah, part of the end stuff, Ooh. that'd be yeah. That's what we need, folks. Send your cards and letters. Keep them going. <laughs> All right, what's clock on the wall telling us, Eddie? Well, Johnny, it is that time again. You know, like you mentioned, this is a, a special. We'll be launching second season pretty soon. If you want to leave a comment, we love comments, good or bad. You can leave a comment on. Facebook at facebook.com slash we're talking movies. You can get us on Instagram or Twitter at we talking movies. Also, you can go to our website. It is we're talking movies.com and uh, leave a comment. We would love to hear from you. That's it for me. Yeah, it looks like that's all for today, folks. So until next time, keep your eyes on the silver screen. And as we fade to black, this is Johnny Popcorn and Eddie Klieg saying so long till we're talking again. That's a wrap, ladies and gentlemen. Please clear the set. This podcast is part of the We're Talking podcast series and was brought to you by Vista Pacifica Creations. All rights reserved. Copyright 2020.